They have to do more than what you just did right now. They have to do more than accumulate knowledge about an instrument and study music theory. They have to take the knowledge and the theory and they have to put it together with practice. Cobb has put many, many hours and even years into practice to where calluses developed on the ends of his fingers and at times he even bled. Knowledge about an instrument doesn't make someone a virtuoso musician. Without putting knowledge into practice, they will never achieve their purpose. You can't just know that the guitar has got a neck and a body and strings and you've got a pick in your hand and you know five chords and you can put together a beautiful, beautiful melody. You can't just do that. Likewise, our faith needs to be put into practice to achieve the purpose that God has called us into. We come to church, but there's more than just coming to church. We hear the lesson, but there's more than just hearing the lesson. We read the word, but there's more than just reading the word. We know that we're called and we're saved and we're filled with the Spirit of God, but there's a whole lot more than just that. Faith is more than a statement. Faith is more than a belief. Faith is how we live. Faith is shown in action. Faith is displayed in love. Faith is connected to trust and grounded in hope. And faith is developed. A faith walk grows over time and disciples are made. And we are in the making. We are in the making. The Bible tells us in John chapter 8 verse 31. Jesus, are y'all listening? Because I'm going to preach really quick. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. And how can you say ye shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth Ever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. In that passage of Scripture, I read those verses there from John chapter 8. There were two key words, and you may have already picked up on them. But the one word, the first key word was the word continue. Jesus said, if you continue in my word. The word continue means that you abide, you stay in, you remain in. You've got to stay in the Word of God. Somebody help me preach right now. You can't just come to church and you hear a message that stirs something deep down in your spirit and expect that you're going to be an accomplished faith walker. You've got to stay in the Word of God. You've got to get into it and you've got to stay in it. And he said, if you continue in my Word, then are you my disciple indeed and you shall know the truth. The second key word was the word make, and it's used two or three times in that passage of Scripture. And the word make was used in each of these times in connection with being free. And so the word make means simply to, to be unrestrained. It's used with the word free, meaning it's that you're liberated, you're delivered. And he made that statement. He said, 
you shall know the truth, and the truth, if you continue in my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then he used the statement there in the 36th verse, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. This is an ongoing work of development, of making, becoming, of transformation. You can't just expect to come in and hear a message from the Word of God, open your Bible and read a word from God, and just expect to be a virtuoso overnight. You've got to apply yourself to the practice of living, of loving, and of walking in the Word of God. It's an ongoing work. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Don't be shaped. Y'all know there's a process. There's a process even of becoming worldly. You don't become worldly overnight. You're, de- you're shaped into worldliness. Come on, are y'all with me? Don't be conformed. Don't be shaped. Don't be, don't be molded into the mindset of this world. Don't be conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't expect to be a transformed, overcoming child of God if you listen to word for about two hours a week and then fill your mind with junk for the rest of the week. you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's some things you need to shut out, some things you need to shut off. There's some things you need to eliminate, and there's some things you need to pick up because we're in an hour that we need to be walking by faith and not by made-up fantasy. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That's a word metamorpho. We're being changed into, and we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. He's our freedom source. He's where we get our freedom. He gave it to us because when we become a disciple, a child of God, there's freedom. And then he talks about what's ongoing from this point forward. He said, but we all, verse 18, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed. Poke your neighbor and say, I'm being changed. We're changed. We saw the face of God. We saw the glory of the Lord. We saw a revelation of who Jesus is. Our our eyes looked upon him and the word of God revealed it to him. And the spirit of God showed us what he really is like. And now we're being changed into the same image from glory to glory. Even as by the spirit of the Lord. Jesus said, follow me. And he followed that statement when he said, follow me by saying, and I will make you to become. He tells us as disciples that if you continue, you will be made. We are in the making. 
And so Cobb, Cobb plays beautiful music on that guitar. Matter of fact, I think he made that guitar. Cobb, pay, Cobb plays beautiful music on that guitar. All of our other musicians are accomplished, but I just I used him because he was at my house. And so I just said, hey, Cobb, you're going to preach Sunday night. And then I bought him a pizza. And let him drink Bonnie's Diet Cokes. But anyway... He plays beautiful music because he's not only learned the fundamentals of the guitar, he's practiced, and then he's practiced, and then he's practiced. Nathan did not start playing the keys last weekend. From the time he was a child, he's been playing music, and I think all of us can get our head wrapped around this idea that you can't just learn the elementary, the fundamentals, and expect to be an accomplished musician just because you know that there are the keys on the keyboard and how to turn it on and how to make chords. you got to practice. And it's the same idea when the Lord says, I want you to get into my word. I want you to follow after me. And as you continue to stay in the word and as you continue to follow after me. And as you're led by the Spirit, you're going to be changed from one to the other. From glory to glory. Even as by the Spirit of our Lord. And there are some of you here tonight that are really accomplished in walking by faith. But there are others here tonight that are a little discouraged because you're not as accomplished. My message to you is you keep on walking. You keep on trying. You keep on allowing him to make you. It's a walk that we decide to take. It's ongoing. It's progressive. It's ever increasing. And Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. He says, for we that are in this tabernacle, we're groaning. We do groan, being burdened not for Uh, Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who hath also given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. And notice this verse, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. Let's zero in because I'm about to start tying this together. Zero in to the Word of God. God Himself made this statement in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8. Because here's where a lot of us are. A lot of us are struggling because we don't understand the ways of God. In Isaiah 55 and verse 8, verse 9, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This morning we looked at Moses and the people of God. That was one of the points of the message And Moses had met the I am. He came to that bush that was burning but not being consumed. And there he met the I am. And God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, I am that I am. 
And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you, and this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Moses had this incredible encounter with God, and he's been sent on a mission to go and tell the people of God that God's going to deliver them and tell Pharaoh, the greatest, most powerful ruler of that time, that God said, let my people go. And so as we looked at it for a moment this morning, we, we see that Moses went and told the people that God's going, he's heard your prayer, he's heard your cry, he's going to deliver you. And then Moses went and told Pharaoh, let my people go. God said, let my people go. So from the time that Moses told the people of God, you're going to be delivered. And he told Pharaoh that God says for you to let my people go. Y'all know what happened. Things turned drastically worse. Pharaoh doubled down on his pressure. And the people told Moses, you've made our life harder. God had promised them complete freedom, but they didn't know what freedom looked like. God had promised them that he was going to make them a people, but they could not understand that. They could not see into the future. All they could see was we're, we're bent over, doubly working now because Moses has made our life harder. Their circumstances caused them to desire a manageable bondage rather than embracing the idea of freedom. They had learned to manage, and I hope y'all are hearing me right now because so many people of God just learn to manage. They're in circumstances they just learn to deal with. They're in circumstances that they just learn to manage. They just accept their state, adapt, and that's what the people of God in Egypt had done but God had a greater future for them we got to understand that because the temporary does not decide our destiny the temporary does not decide where we're going this temporary circumstance does not circumvent the promise of the word of God if he said I'm going to take you there it doesn't matter what today looks like he's going to take you there God had a greater future for them. But both the children of God and Moses were struggling at this setback because God or Moses went to God. And in Exodus chapter 5, verse 22, Moses returned to the Lord and he said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it that you sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. God, you sent me to tell the people that you're going to let them go and you haven't done that. You sent me to Pharaoh and told him to let my people go and he's made things worse. And Moses now is in this place that rather than becoming a hero among the Hebrews... Moses was despised for bringing them greater suffering. And Moses did like a lot of us has done. And he returned to the Lord. And he said, why? Why? 
Why have you brought more trouble on the people? Why did you even send me? Somebody needs to hear this right now because much of the frustration that we experience as a disciple has nothing to do with what God does or doesn't do. It usually has to do with the assumptions we make about how God will and should act. I'm going to say it again because much of the frustration that we experience as a disciple has nothing to do with what God does or doesn't do. It usually has to do with the assumptions that we make about how God will and should act. Moses thought that it was going to be immediate, but God had a process. So here we are today, and I'm not going to stand in front of a group of people that I love dearly and tell you that based on this world's standards and life as we've known it, I'm not going to stand here and tell you it's going to get better. I am not going to do that. But what I am going to stand here and do is I'm going to tell you, you put your faith in him. And you trust where he's taking you. And you keep your hope alive. And you make sure you're following him. And you keep walking in obedience to his word. Because God knows where you are. And God knows where he's taking us. And God knows what needs to be done to get us from where we are to where he wants us to be. And we've just merely got to trust the leading of the Lord. Jumping on a little later because we know that God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. And now he's got them over in the wilderness and they're going to begin to move forward toward the possession of the promised land. And here comes another valuable lesson. You see, if we want to know him and make him known, we've got to understand the idea of the making of us as a disciple. And in Exodus chapter 23, verse 20, God spoke and he said, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in, in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will be an adversary to your adversary. I don't know about y'all, but I'd want to make sure if God is going to fight my enemies, I want to make sure I'm on his side. For mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and will cut them off. And thou shalt not bow down to their gods nor serve them nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread 
and thy water, and will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before thee, and I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee, or in other words, run from thee. And I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, and the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before thee. And I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. But by little and little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. Now I want to show you the faith walk as it looked like in that Old Testament time. God spoke to Moses and he said, here's what, here's what y'all need to understand. I am going to send my angel before you. Somebody shout back to me, he's ahead of me. Shout back again, he's ahead of me. I ain't getting to a valley that he's not already been to. I'm not getting to a battle that he's not already showed up at. I'm not going to go into tomorrow and find out that God didn't show up in tomorrow. Because when I get there, I'm going to find that he has already gotten ahead of me. And God said, I'm going to send an angel before thee. Oh, I love it. Because when the children of Israel go down to Jericho, Joshua heads on down toward Jericho. He's just going down to scope it out. He's going down there to look at the walls and check the situation out. And when Joshua gets down to Jericho, he sees this angel of the Lord that is standing there waiting for him to show up. When Joshua got to the biggest obstacle they, they were going to face, Joshua found out that God was already there waiting on him. I want to tell somebody, when you go into your tomorrow, God's going to be there. I sent an angel before thee. But not only do I send him before thee, he's going to keep you in, your, in the way. And he's going to bring you. Three things. He's going to go before you. He's going to guide you. And he's going to bring you into the place which I have prepared. God said, you be sure you obey him. You be sure you follow him. And you, if you obey him and if you follow him, you're going to walk forward. In victory. One major fact stands out time and again in the molding of God's people. And it's found given to us in this passage of Scripture that they were not spared from conflict and storms. In fact, they were led into crisis and they were honed like soldiers are honed in tough boot camps. When God said the angel's going to lead you, the next thing he begins to name off is the enemies. But God said, don't forget that I'm ahead of you. And don't forget that even if you meet your enemy, and I'm going to lead him, and God led them straight toward their enemy. You want an easy life for the rest of your life? Well, quit living for God. But if you want a fulfilling life with hope for eternity, it's time you buckle up and get in line and say, I'm not stopping, I'm not backing down, I'm not quitting, I'm moving 
I'm, mo I'm marching forward. God was leading them. And God wasn't leading them like we're sitting over here on the sofa, wrapped up in our blanket, watching a war movie on TV. Because a lot of us feel that way. We made church entertaining. And we forgot that this is all about an interaction. This is not about paying a couple of bucks and watching a movie. It's not about paying a, an entry fee and watching somebody give a pep talk. We're all in this thing together and we're not watching the Lord go ahead of us and fight our battles. We're right here behind Him moving forward as He moves forward. God said, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to lead you. Come on, music. Come on, singers. Come on. I want to tell something that God put into my heart. You don't know what you're capable of until you're put into a position to show what you're capable of. My wife loves butterflies. Matter of fact, Anna said that the butterfly is my wife's spirit animal. My wife loves butterflies. And last spring, the children's ministry group got those, whatever you call the, I just say cocoon, and just, there's, they have a different name. Chrysalum, chrysala. They watched, they watched these little worms, these little caterpillars wrap themselves up in their, their cocoon and develop in this. And then they would be a little slit and they'd start breaking out of that cocoon. And they became a butterfly. Y'all have heard the illustrations before about some good Samaritan watching that butterfly struggling out of that cocoon and thinking, I'm going to help him out, only to handicap that butterfly, cause it to be less capable, causing it to be unable to fly because the butterfly has to struggle out of its cocoon for his wings to be able to function. And if you interfere with his struggle, and if you interfere with that process of his struggle, you'll, you'll handicap him for life. That's why James writes to us and said, y'all need to count it all joy when you go through some stuff. Y'all need to count it all joy because when you go through these things, God's making you tougher. God's strengthening your faith. God's developing your patience. Everybody that's been through a trial and struggled with your faith, you ought to just throw your hands in the air and say, thank God for the struggle. God's preparing me to fly. And then God said this in Exodus 23, 29. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. By little and little, step by step, from victory to victory, from glory to glory, gradually until you are strong enough to take possession and occupy the land. 
The Lord never rushes, but he never leaves a job undone. You may think, God, where are you? And God says, I know exactly where I am, where you are, and what needs to be done at this moment. You just trust me. The Roman poet Virgil said that Rome was built the day the first brick was laid. The principle was in place. The rest would follow. This is how God works with his creation and his people. Stand with me. Paul's writing to the church in the book of Philippians chapter 1. Paul makes this statement. He said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making request with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where you are at this moment. All that matters is you're following our leader. Paul goes on to say, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of, of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. I want you to reach over and poke your neighbor and say, I'm in the making. I'm in the making. I'm in the making. I'm in the making. No, you can't pick up a guitar and learn the parts to the guitar and learn five chords and become an accomplished musician overnight. But if you'll learn the fundamentals and then you begin to practice and keep practicing and keep practicing, you will be able to make beautiful music. And you're not going to be able to successfully live by faith just by hearing a few words and memorizing a couple of scriptures. But if you'll put it into practice, and if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, come on, y'all, I gotta, I gotta wind it up. But if you'll keep your eyes on the Lord, you keep following, and you keep walking, God's taking you somewhere. God's taking you. You're in the making. You're in the making. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's praise Him all over this room.